Hi there, and thanks for joining us. I'm Jonathan Healy. As many of you might know, I live in Blarney, and what's been really noticeable in the last few weeks is the return of the tourist. And it's been a good year so far for the tourism industry. So what is being done to sell Cork as a tourist destination? Well, we've been finding out. The Red Business Podcast with CompUB. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompUB.com. And first up, what we're talking about tourism in this context is Seamus Heaney, who's the chairman of the Cork Convention Bureau. Seamus, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we can talk about the Convention Bureau, uh, and we'll come to the amazing work it does in a minute without talking about the dreaded Convention Centre and the lack of construction on same. You must be somewhat frustrated by the whole thing, Seamus, no more than the rest of us. Well, I suppose the big frustrating part of, part of it from our point of view is the fact that it's been talked about internationally. And this has been kind of promoted by Tourism Ireland internationally, the Cork. So I suppose traditionally we would have only ever gone and bid for anything under a thousand people for a conference. And then in the latter years, we were willing to talk to people that had something more than a thousand people. And Tourism Ireland were very helpful in making sure that was promoted, that Cork now had was looking down the road at an event centre that was going to be large scale. And from that point of view, I think there's a bit of credibility damage done, you know, to ourselves because, you know, I suppose we're constantly asked when is the convention centre open that was supposed to be open in 2017, 2018. So I suppose at this stage of the game, we don't talk about it anymore. (laughs) So we we still go back to our under 1,000 people. It's not that you're writing it off, but we are painfully conscious of the fact that no construction work has gone on. And and Doherty recently said, I think it's 99.5% of the way, but still not Mm -hmm. 100%. So are you planning without for the time being? We're planning without. We have to, because at the end of the day, we can't, you know, put our eggs in the basket of uh, asking people to bid for anything more than 1,000 people because it'd be egg in our face if something actually came to fruition and we couldn't host it. There'd but be nothing worse than that. You, you've had a lot of success in bringing those other events. They, we won't call them small because mm. they're not small, but the under 1,000 events. You've had a lot of success in bringing them in since the Bureau started. How many have you overseen? Well, I suppose we have, like, if we just talk about our ambassador programme, which is the people on the ground that make it all happen, these are the people that put their head above the parapet and they decide they're going to bid for a certain conference and we support them on that quest. Um, for Out of those, we have 114 in that ambassador club and that's a very unique club and some of these people bid for a second and third time. But over over the years, I suppose, we've brought in 74 million euro over a 10-year period um, into Cork in, in, in terms of business tourism and that's all new business that would never have ordinarily come to Cork only the fact that there was a convention bureau in place that put the process in place to bid for these and support them throughout. And that's where the success was. Like. Give, give us some of the examples. Who came? So <clears throat> I suppose um, we've last year we had, I think, a very successful one where we had over 100 nations with the UNESCO uh, Learning Cities Conference that came to Cork. Uh, again, we worked very closely with our stakeholders in Cork City Council and they were the, the Lord Mayor was, was the person who made the bid. And that was a very successful conference. It brought nearly 700 people into Cork from over 100 different countries. I think that was one of the, the most incredible ones that we have to date. Um, like at the moment now, if you just, we have, um, and, and I think it's a great story, we have an ambassador that bid for an aquacultural conference and it's nearly 1,200 people. Now, now to explain to the un, un, uninitiated, yeah, yeah. and I include myself in that number, the so aqua it's, what? It's, it's farm fish. Oh, okay. So we, well, we have, do that. Yeah. 
So we have um, a very good ambassador, uh, Professor Gavin Burnell in UCC, who made the bid along with my colleague Evelyn O'Sullivan. They put a bid together and between the hotel in Silver Springs, put on a marquee to the side of the hotel and the respect that this man had within from his own colleagues internationally helped win that bid. It is great to see these events coming in, but you are nothing if not ambitious. So where does this go over the course of the next few years? If we're writing off the big event centre where we can maybe bring in two and a half, three thousand people at a bush, where do we go? Do we just have to take those smaller events, fight harder to get them, or is it becoming an easier sell? Well, I, I suppose Cork's name is becoming an easier sell because we've been on the circuit almost for 10 years. And uh, so internationally, we would, Cork would be recognised as having a convention bureau. So the inquiries do come to us. Uh, the ambassadors are introduced to us. So that makes it a little bit easier. But at the same time, you can never um, sit in your laurels. You just, because you have these cities popping up, mm. you know, smaller cities that have now come to the forefront and they have um, everything that ticks all the boxes for uh, business tourism and we have to compete against those. You've got a lot of support from industry. Who, who funds you? Is it industry? It's, we have, we're, we're very much a public-private partnership. So we have uh, industry and then we have the support of the Meet in Ireland, which is part of Falch Ireland, the City Council and the County Council, uh, the Chamber, the Airport Authority, every one of the hotels, all of the restaurants. So they're very much... All um, of whom, I suppose, have a vested interest in the correct. city doing well. We may not get the you-know-what, I won't say mm-hmm. it again now because mm-hmm. you bristle every time <laughs> I mention it by name, but we do have a lot of hotels coming online. Your background, of course, was yeah. in the hotel trade. Is that going to be of a huge help in, in attracting that inward investment if we have more hotel space, if we have more convention space? I don't know how big it's going to be with the new hotels coming online, mm-hmm. but it gives you more options. Well, success drives growth, you know, so I, I always believe that if you win something, you know, hotels are going to expand that little bit more, uh, new hotels will come on stream when they see Cork is doing very well. Um, occupancy levels are fairly high in the city and the county. And uh, what we're trying to do at the moment, I suppose, is make sure that we can drive equally the amount of business out into the county. And then we're trying to bid, which is quite difficult, trying to bid at times of the year where hotels are lean and that there is a downtime. Well, presumably at the moment, you don't have an awful lot of that because the trade is doing okay, particularly is, during yeah. the summer. So you mm. don't have capacity. If you even, say, if you wanted to bring seven hundred people, you know, short of putting them in B and Bs and Mill Street, mm. you don't have many options, do you? No, you don't. And um, but I suppose we have such good relationship with the hotels, and this business is booked so far out. Sometimes this is out to twenty four months, and then we can equally, you know, we can easily work with with the hotel properties to try and win that business. I think Falch Ireland estimates about €157 million euro in business tourism for the entire country. Mm-hmm. Cork gets what? About €11 million of that? No, we're, we're actually hit €13 million. 13. Just in, yeah, by, by, by the end of 2017, we'd have done €13 million in 2017. So we're not, not quite at 10% yet, but we're inching no. towards it. I mean, Correct. Would that be the target? Is that, is that a fair well, that slice of the pie? I suppose, our own target in our own mind that we would get or somewhere around 10% of all the business tourism that's coming into Ireland. When you look back at all the events that have come in, James, and, and they're across many disciplines, across Correct. science, education, Correct. sport, Correct. you name it, you're bringing them all in. Jeffrey, mm. look at one go. Good God, I never knew that was going to be such a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen we we've some um, we've seen some um, very funny uh, conferences. I suppose one of the funniest ones I've ever seen is we we put in a bid uh, a couple of years ago for um, a Greece lubrication conference. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I did. I wasn't yeah. expecting the lubrication part. <laughs> I, I thought it was a grease convention of some <laughs> but, kind. But it could it have been a musical. Just, it's amazing what people, you know, what people, what what kind of associations are out there. And is the what was the grease lubrication event a success? No, it wasn't. We <laughs> were unsuccessful in that bit. <laughs> I just wonder. Maybe yeah, now yeah. now is the time to revisit. Yeah. Let, let's pitch for the business <clears throat> again. But, but if if I could just mention one that we um, we had two very good ambassadors that bid for um, a mixed ability rugby uh, sporting event. Uh, for 2016 and they were unsuccessful in the bid they were pipped to the post and the guys were very disappointed bitterly disappointed but they dusted themselves off put in a bid and this was one again for Cork Gully last week so, so that's the kind of stuff that. If, but again it's the support of the Convention Bureau to put a professional bid together and help these people make that bid all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes until now unacknowledged but we're happy to acknowledge it uh, Seamus Heaney Chairman of the Cork Convention Bureau we wish you and your colleagues continued success thanks for joining us thank you us. very much Jonathan thank you for having us The Red Business Podcast with CompuBee Business improving productivity with the latest Apple technology CompuBee.com so that's what's happening in terms of bringing those big business events into Cork not to mention the thing we're not allowed to talk about but what else is happening uh, in terms of bringing visitors in? Well, Ursula Moorish is with uh, an initiative called Visit Cork and she's with me now. Ursula, how are you? I'm very well. Very well. Thank you very much, Jonathan. So it's great to hear about all of those different conferences coming in. Uh, the one about Greece aside, we lost out on the Greece Convention, but uh, others managed to uh, be attracted to our city. But you have a, a different take on it. You're bringing those very valuable leisure tourists. Yes. Yeah, so Visit Cork is, um, is an initiative by the city and uh, the county councils in Cork and Visit Cork is the governing organisation for um, leisure and business tourism so it's the governing body that the organisation that sits over the two so my role is destination manager for Cork and my aim is to actually bring more leisure visitors into Cork and to raise awareness of Cork as a destination for leisure visitors and to increase the numbers of visitors in Cork and to also increase the revenue Now we're all from Cork listening right now Right, so we all think it's amazing, right? How do we translate that to a an audience who just doesn't yet realise how amazing we are? Well, first off, we have and to... that was possibly the most cork sentiment that has ever been expressed anywhere. <laughs> so, well, first of all, we have to understand well what what are the key um, what is the proposition for cork? I can know what are, what are we selling? The, the proposition for cork, we have to look at our strengths, and our strength is our maritime heritage and our maritime haven. So what we're, we've actually created a new brand for Cork, a destination brand for Cork called Pure Cork. Now, of course, internally here within Cork, we, it's our own kind of in-joke, like, Jesus, that's Pure, pure Cork, Cork like. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but externally, and this is the key, is that when people actually see Pure Cork, they think of pure haven, pure water, pure experience, pure thrills, um, pure food, pure taste, pure mountains, pure greenery, etc. So their their immediate um, recognition of Cork as a destination is the purity of the experience that they can have here. And then what we need to do is we actually need to build on that and actually, uh, and actually communicate to them what those pure experiences are that they can actually have in Cork. And is, is that done through a marketing drive specifically? So you mentioned Pure Cork, but how do you expand out on that rather than just two words that hopefully people are curious about? <laughs> 
Well, first of all, we have um, uh, we've developed um, we've developed the brand. We've got um, a brand mark, which is pure cork, and um, we've developed that brand with uh, with an amazing design company called Design Works, who have actually done work for Fall to Ireland and have done work throughout with for, with other destinations in Ireland. And for, first off, is to adopt the brand and to adopt the values of that brand, and um, and to d- adopt the messaging of that brand. So anybody can actually um, go to Pure Cork. Um, brand.com and you can actually download the brand guidelines and then I can actually send you the assets for that brand. So you can attach that brand to Absol- your brand? To absolutely. I, the key thing about the brand is is that it um, it leverages the two main um, destination brands that we have in, in in Ireland, the two national brands, which is the Wild Atlantic Way and Ireland's Ancient East. And we're really, really lucky in Cork that we've actually... We've got both, haven't we? We have. Yeah. And okay, there's no other county in Ireland that has that. And so so we need to, to to embrace those two brands and in doing so, but we need to also have a very, very cohesive and unifying uh, message about Cork as a destination, which is why we've actually developed one umbrella brand for Cork, which is which is Pure Cork. And it's um, it's both a city and county initiative and it's, it's something that every, that all businesses can actually adopt. Now, you grew up in Black Rock. I did. Not a million I miles did. away from where yeah. I would have grown up, but you, you, you went on a little trip around the world. You went to Japan little, yeah. and Bangkok and you ended up uh, in London I think most recently wasn't I it? did yes I did and um, so my my background is in um, is in, in experiential marketing so it now that is, sounds fierce highfalutin oh my god uh, well it, it is because it's well is it I don't know <laughs> um, we, you have it all around you so so the experiential marketing is about actually connecting with your emotion and giving you an immersive um, connection with, uh, with a brand well you see London is really good at that because you don't for a moment not realise you're in London when you're in London and you feel obligated to do all of the touristy things that you associate with London. You are immersed, are you not? You're totally immersed and um, and like you know, they like us in in Cork. They have that um, that immediate like you know the colour association of red in London, and um, and then like you know every single um, ex- experience or attraction or even if we, when you go to the theatre, it it sort of personifies the London experience, and that's really what I want to bring to um, to Cork as well, like you know through our culture, through our attractions, and through our activities in Cork, that it, that it, it personifies what it, what exactly is pure Cork. Did, so did, one, did you find when you came back to Cork, did you have a different perspective? Because you had travelled, you'd gone around the world and you'd come back to the city. Was it the same city you remembered when you left? Because for me, I know when I, I lived in Dublin, not a million miles away, but when I came back to Cork, I felt Cork was better. I don't know what it was. Absence, uh, absence making the heart grow fonder, perhaps. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just totally thrilled to be back, you know, and... Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to come back was because I'm passionate about Cork. I had an amazing childhood, an amazing upbringing in Cork. I still have multiple friends here in Cork. And um, it's very vibrant. Um, it's got a great heart. Um, it's, um, it's it's very innovative. And I, I think that, that we don't give ourselves credit for that. It's very entrepreneurial. It's got loads of ideas. And also it's very connected with nature. And um, and I think that's a very very fundamental piece that we we need to um, recognise is is that we have an amazing environment and we we need to conserve that but also leverage it and celebrate it and um, ensure that whatever we do around tourism is sustainable and um, and also is a benefit for for people mm. locally. 
we're just hitting the season now where we've got lots of liners coming into Cove and, and that was a revelation in many ways that people would want to come to Cove but it's the most logical and obvious thing that you bring people on liners to the place where liners used to go back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there other potential things that we should be doing that we haven't done yet that, that, that will appeal to this significant cohort of tourists to get them at least into the county to explore what else can be found? Um well, essentially, we need to start cross-promoting each other. So we need to actually allow, um, we need to sort of adopt the brand, the Pure Cork brand, and show that there is connectivity between all the different attractions, between all the hotels and experiences that we have um, have in Cork. Um, our maritime heritage is really, really key, and the fact that we're so close to the sea, etc., that, that we have this amazing coastland over nearly 1,100 1, kilometres. biggest natural harbour in the Absolutely. world, they, as I kept Absolutely. telling everyone when I was younger, like, you know, one of the key things that I that I that that we would love to do is to actually bring um, the sea right right up into experiences from uh, going from Cove right up to the uh, right up into the city. So actually having a, a ferry service or a boat service um, that can actually bring uh, cruise tours right up into the centre of the city. So that you like obviously at the moment you can do go on bus tours and you can travel up by the um, by the train, which has got an amazing service. Like you know they actually increase the service. It would be much nicer on a boat. If you had the time, <laughs> much nicer on a boat. Well, there are plans ahead. I know that there are cer- certain um, operators that are looking into how feasible it is to actually um, to actually provide a, bo- a, a boat service. And how how important is it? Uh, d- do you think? Ursula, that we have investment going back into tourism now because we were talking to Seamus about all those new hotels that are coming on stream. You've got people who are dipping their toe into tourism again having realised, well, now I can perhaps make a living out of it whereas before I couldn't. You know, that, that there is investment where perhaps people would have been afraid before. Well, I, the the numbers right now, um, we're actually up from our numbers last year Um I think we're at a seven point five percent increase from our numbers last year. Um, there, it's it's a growing industry. It's it's one of our second largest industries in Ireland, um, indigenous industries in Ireland. Um, the figures are really really good for um, for for Ireland as a whole. Like for example, in Cork, um, we had one point three seven million visitors, overseas visitors coming into Cork and that um, generated a revenue of five, 579 million, like, which is... That's so, big money. It's That's big money. three times the population of the county. It's, it's big money. And then I was talking to um, one of the national tourism organisations and they were saying to me, well, Arslo, like, you know, tourism contributes 8 billion to the Irish economy. It's a big industry. It's a growing industry, and it has huge amounts of benefits because it, um, not only with the with the hotels and the um, the service industry as a whole, but also it can actually celebrate um, the experiences that are in rural areas. So, for example, uh, you have now West uh, West Cork uh, Farm Tours, which is a new initiative that's come on stream. Um, and we are looking at bringing fam visits there for and also incentives there from the from the from the conference from the mice uh, business, but also from the leisure side of things. We're actually looking at uh, mm. bringing tourists on uh, to experience the, the farm experience in Cork. Yeah, so, but you see, there's great there's great opportunity 
opportunity in that for people who don't know what a farm is. I remember years ago interviewing a man up in the Kerry Mountains who wanted people to adopt a sheep. I thought he was mad and the business <laughs> is still going. And that's about a, that's at least 10 or 12 years oh, later. Gosh, tell me about it. My children have recently just adopted a donkey <laughs> called Lorcon. And, um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm now being told, like, you know, we have to go up and visit Lorcon. We have to. So it actually generates all of those unexpected revenue streams. Yeah. And, and the creativity around that is, is one of the things that I love about tourism. Um, like I was talking to, uh, to Joan Lucy recently, who of Vibes and Scribes, and I was saying to her, listen, one of the things that we want to do on the Pure Cork website, so we're actually um, we're bringing on stream a new website. And on that website, obviously, we'll have listings for events and we'll also have listings for businesses uh, within, uh, within Cork. But also we want to list experiences. And I was saying to Joan, listen, um, is there a way that we can actually bring in Vibes and Scribes and, uh, and showcase some experience? Ursa, I have the idea. What we'll do is we'll actually teach people how to do an iron sweater, uh, yes. like, you know, particular yeah. stitch. Yeah. And it's just, and it's just, just that um, simple idea where you're actually giving people an opportunity to bring a memory back with them and that they, that will actually continue on to, Absolutely. to their life later I, on. Very simple. Very, it's very the idea simple. of getting a little, like we, I have a plate at home from the time we went to Hong Kong. You look yeah. a lot younger in it, but it reminds me every time we look of it about Hong Kong. What is the website if people want to get uh, more um, information so on it, it hasn't been launched yet, um, but it's, it's, um, and we're still tweaking it. It'll be called purecork.ie and what we, what we do want is we want people to, um, to start, first of all, subscribe to um, our newsletter, but also to to actually um, register and to start listing their business. So it's a very, very simple process. Yeah. Okay. Ursula Morish of Visit Cork, thank you very much for coming in. Wish you all the very best of luck uh, with the project. And we have to wish the best of luck to Lorcan the donkey. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> the Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com. So that is the marketing plan for Cork. But what about those who have hotel rooms to fill? How easy is it going to be to bring all those new visitors for all those conventions and indeed all those tourists to the city? Well, with me now is Michael Magner, the Managing Director of the Vienna Woods Hotel and Village. Michael, how are you? Jonathan, very well, thank you. Excited, looking forward to a busy summer and uh, exciting times for Cork. We are in the opulent surroundings. Is this the old house where we're sitting right now? Correct, Jonathan. Um, the original house here at the Vienna Woods was built by Lord Barrymore back in the 1800s and subsequently uh, was victim to a fire and was rebuilt in 1903. And the room we're in this morning is the drawing room, which is one of the many, I suppose, listed rooms that are in the hotel. Uh, there's a, a huge and catalogued history of Vienna Woods um, uh, in Cork, I suppose, uh, culture, if you like, um, insofar as that after uh, the uh, Barry Moores moved out of the property. It became home to the Crawford family of Beamish and Crawford and this was their family home and back in fact when the census was conducted in the early 1900s you could see the Crawford family listed along with all the people they had working with them as part of their team. After the Crawfords then moved um, uh, away from the property it became uh, home to the Brothers of Charity and they had it as a, a training facility for their, their brothers and their, their uh, seminarians and then from then on it became a hotel 
Hotel and was first opened as the Vienna Woods by a Joan Shoebrook uh, over 50 years ago at this stage and the name she got for the property uh, was after visiting Austria and in particular Vienna, the woods around Vienna and she thought that there was a striking resemblance to her property back in Cork which was a Lota Moor and Lota uh, estate if you like uh, and branded it as the Vienna Woods Hotel Um, and history uh, started in terms of hotels back then and we get customers coming through the doors of the property day in and day out telling us about the wonderful occasions they've had with us and in fact there's somebody staying with us in the hotel last night who got married with us here 50 years ago and their guests of their children staying in one of the rooms at the hotel and what a wonderful opportunity it was for us to meet them and let them tell us a little bit about the hotel you know I'm I'm sure all marriages here last as long and will last as long uh, given where they started Michael you are undergoing a lot of work here at the moment in the hotel because it is this grand old dame you have an old building old buildings need love and you're sinking a lot of cash into it right now uh, correct Jonathan I suppose look you have to appreciate that when we, you have treasures like this and Cork has many but it's important that they're maintained and they're they're there for the public to see and uh, I suppose understand a little bit of the history of Cork it's important to keep them up so uh, we're just completing uh, almost a 1 million euro investment into the property that commenced at the back end of 2016 uh, where we restored the main roof in the main house uh, which was an investment of nearly quarter of a million in itself um, and in doing that, we've—I suppose—it'll see me out in a way, Jonathan. That's what I'm told by the 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 the, the, the man that did the work on the roof for us. Um, but also, I suppose, it makes sure that the property is is uh, future-proofed. So, in doing that as well, part of our refurbishment included, uh, or is including the refurbishment of all the guest rooms at the property. And that's such a big thing in the industry mm. uh, that you can't allow the rooms to go stale and. What did you have to do? What did you need to put in there? I mean, Wi-Fi is obviously pretty standard, but what other modern future-proofing have you put into those rooms that adds that little bit of a wow effect when people walk through the door? Yeah, that's a really good question, Jonathan. I suppose, look, when we bought the hotel back in 2006, we had significant plans and we saw the opportunity that the hotel presented itself. Uh, but of course, we didn't anticipate uh, the challenges that came in between. So we were a little behind the curve um, in terms of, of getting to where we needed to be with our accommodation solution for what our, our modern and I suppose our discerning customer is looking for. So in researching before we, I suppose, actually physically went at the bedrooms, we, we talked to a lot of customers and did market research among our customer base but also outside our customer base as well uh, we looked for what people were looking for and, and these are and it was simple things really to be absolutely honest with you you mentioned Wi-Fi that's certainly an important consideration but really important for visitors are things like a comfortable bed blackout curtains uh, t- uh, plug-in points where you can charge your phone right beside your bed because that drives me mad if, you, if you're in a hotel that doesn't have a plug next to the bed anymore it drives me mad and there are so many where that happens correct absolutely and and uh, even so the, the visitors from overseas that may not have um, uh, the the Irish uh, three pin uh, plug they have to buy adapters so we've been able to source um, adapters that are fitted into the wall so therefore if you're a North American visitor you don't have to bring an adapter to stay in Vienna Woods you can use your, your device and plug it straight into the wall other factors that we we saw as important were um, uh, bathrooms a really good 
good shower, believe it or not. People like power showers. They're accustomed to power showers in their homes nowadays uh, and that's something that they look for. Uh, and I think then something like a, a bright ambient um, lighting is really key now to people's experience. So therefore, bright in the morning to keep you energised for your day ahead and comfortable and calming in the evening. So before we embarked on our refurbishment, we did, as I said, a lot of that research and what we've delivered now is hopefully something that our, our uh, uh, guests will enjoy and experience and the positive feedback has been or the feedback so far has been really positive we heard earlier from Seamus and we heard from Ursula as well about all the great things that are being done to promote Cork and to bring in business from abroad conventions and conferences and so on you're one of the older hotels all these new hotels are being built what, what do you think the landscape is going to be like in the future because there are more rooms will it become more challenging or will that just help the value proposition whereby people will have better options more value uh, and see their 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 buck go a little bit further I think, Jonathan, all those points are, are valid. I think from a value proposition, it's, it's really important. I mean, you know, uh, the, the customer basis is, 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 is what we rely on in Ireland, not just the domestic customers, but from customers overseas. We have to be there to offer value uh, because if we can't offer value at a competitive rate, and in fairness, I think in Cork we do, to be honest with you, um, that uh, we will subsequently uh, end up pricing ourselves out of a market to other countries. And when Cork is chosen for, as you mentioned, uh, as a location for conventions price is key but also the facilities to be able to put these international visitors up so by the addition of the new rooms in Cork um, I suppose I could be very protectionist and say that they're not welcome but the reality of it as a businessman um, the, they, they're going to be part of our landscape they're going to be part of how we do business so what it will encourage is us as hoteliers not just in my own property we'll, we, we will have to continue inventing ourselves coming up with new ideas new ways of doing business new properties positions and exciting experiences for our customers so what that when they choose Cork they'll come experience it and leave by saying my god I want to come back here either in a leisure capacity in the future or I've been here as a leisure guest and I work for a large corporate organization that have conferences and look at Cork as a destination for these events and that's really key for what it's about. You say that the roof is going to outlive you, Michael, uh, which is, uh, let's hope, true, and it's there for the next century or so. The other thing that people always talk about at the end of Woods Hotel is the staff, and you've had a lot of the same people working for you uh, through good times and, and, and through bad, like the recession that we've just gone by. How important is that and making sure front of house is right? Jonathan, that is key um, and thank you for highlighting that point because the fact is... I've just seen a few faces I know even coming in here today. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so I suppose when we bought the hotel back in 2006, I suppose we, we, we bought a business that had, uh, was open and was a hotel. So our commitment was to, to maintain that status quo and some of the team uh, that joined us uh, when we bought the hotel in 2006 are still with us. I mean, you talk about the beautiful surroundings here of the building, but you know what at the end of the day this is really only bricks and mortar it's our people that make this place breathe it's our team that make the delivery of the experience and we have Eric who works inside in our uh, kitchen and he's the guy that washes the dishes every day he is as important as me who might be running the property but if the dishes aren't clean well then it has a negative impact on your customer base and he's with me 10 years believe it or not uh, when we bought the hotel there were 
approximately 32 people employed in the property and we're up at nearly 100 people now and I can comfortably say 40 plus percent of those people are with me five years or longer which is a really nice uh, compliment I suppose for me but also for our customers that they enjoy working with our customers our customers are friends of theirs in a way that they can welcome them in um, and also they know what our customers are looking for and in a way the hospitality business I mean sometimes we come in for the fact that this is a transient industry and that it's a difficult industry to work in um, I'd refute a lot of that I mean the fact is there are other industries out there that are just as challenging and, and as difficult but the fact is if you have it in you if you have that that, that's, that that attitude towards looking after people delivering hospitality at a level where you mean it and you're passionate about it it's a wonderful industry to be part of well, it's a wonderful industry, but it's certainly a wonderful hotel. And we thank you for bringing us into the opulence of the drawing room here at Vienna Woods Hotel. Michael Magner, Managing Director of the Vienna Woods Hotel. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you very much. My thanks to all my guests. Don't forget, if you want to get involved in the podcast, you can email us, redbusiness at redfm.ie. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Neve Hennessy produced, and we'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com.